0: Hello, Keegan.
1: Hello, Murugachi.
0: You know, we're recording after so long, it feels so strange sitting next to you and recording this instead of sitting opposite you and talking to somebody else.
1: The last five podcasts that we've done, I think have been guest episodes.
0: Last three. Wait, no, last, I don't know. The last few ones have been, and uh, Well, we just
1: filmed like five. And I think three of, three of them are out, and two of them are still yet to come.
0: That's true. Yes. yeah so an overview everyone we um we have loved talking to all of these super interesting people and we have a a couple pieces of news for you but looking forward you're going to get to hear um justin redrick who is bitcoin vegan and his story by the way i really recommend ordering his book bars to bitcoin i'm reading it right now and there's so many moments where i am Coming to tears because the experiences and stories that he's well, it is his autobiography. So, the experiences that he has um, recounted in his book are not relatable at all to me, which is why they're so heart wrenching because he's written about experiences that he's had since he was 16 and 17 years old. And I haven't gotten through the, the entire book yet, but oh my gosh, you, you, it, you, like, I couldn't imagine what he's been through and I I can't wait to see how the story unfolds because right now I'm to the point where he's in prison and his mindset is so developed for someone who is 21 I think that's when he got in prison so you're at the bars part I am at the bars part yeah and what I'm so um what I'm so impressed with is his mindset about everything he's so aware of what's going on And now you get to read that from a reader's perspective. So I highly recommend checking it out. It's called Bars to Bitcoins by Justin Bedrick. And we're going to interview him next week. So you'll definitely see um, an episode come out after this one where we talk to him. But I, I, yeah, I recommend getting the story in any which way. Wicked. Yeah, so okay. looking forward
1: to interviewing him too.
0: Yeah, a couple of announcements. I guess one big announcement is that we are going to El Salvador. We, we wanted to go there ever since we interviewed Mike Peterson. I think that's episode 15 or 13.
1: Yeah, something like that. It's
0: one of our very early episodes. Yeah, we were so thankful to have interviewed him. Um, and it's, it's really nostalgia going back and listening to it because we interviewed him last summer. And that that nobody had any clue that El Salvador would make Bitcoin legal tender then. Not even him. Not even him. Yeah, it was not in the books at all. So when we interviewed him, we only talked about the circular economy that he was heading up in El Zante, also dubbed as Bitcoin Beach. And we finally, just last week, booked our tickets to go to El Salvador and and check out what, what it's like, boots on the ground. And as you might have heard in the previous episode that we did with Katarina De Dikeos, she traveled a lot in Guatemala and other Central American countries, not so much not in El Salvador. But uh, she had some very interesting perspectives to, to bring forth about what the people of El Salvador might want versus what the government wants for the people.
1: Right. And so we, we have to be careful to carry those perspectives with yeah. us while we... While we venture to El Salvador.
0: Yeah, which we're looking forward to do very much. And we got in touch with Mike Peterson to see what we could bring. And he said that donated smartphones are something that they're accepting. So um, your dad, Keegan, he gave us like three. We have two at home, so we're going to take five. But if everybody listening, if you have a couple of smartphones that you don't need, um, mail them to us. We will... Put our mailing address in the show description. I I feel like if I announce it, it it'll be like Iron Man did, and I think it was Iron Man two or three, where he announced his address, and then there was a missile sent to his Malibu home. And, oh,
1: I remember that. Yeah. yeah,
0: but we're not in Malibu, and we're not as rich as Iron Man. Um, Please
1: don't send missiles.
0: <laughs> do not send missiles. In in the oh gosh wow now I'm thinking of the Unabomber. This is getting dark very
1: soon. Send us your cell phones. Send us Just your cell, your cell phones. phones.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, get us out of this whole thing!
1: Okay, so when we're in El Salvador, our mission, what is exactly our mission, Ruga?
0: Well, we want to know what it's like in El Salvador because we're hearing things and we're reading news and I don't trust the news that much.
1: I don't trust the news at all.
0: It—I tr- well, it's Trust is such an interesting word in our industry because you need to
1: take it all with a grain of salt
0: yeah and you have to find it's like you have to find journalists that you trust the word of so that you know that they're reporting bad news instead of putting their own spin on what's happening
1: i like abby martin
0: oh that she's the one when we recorded with brad mills we were talking about um yeah that's i know i carbon emissions and
1: exactly couldn't
0: remember her name but yes it's abby martin
1: she's really critical of uh the military industrial complex and how they're the number one polluter And I was reading an article in in our local paper the other day and they were just they're trashing Bitcoin because of its it's uh, e-waste and its energy output. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? Abby Martin's right. No one goes after the, the, uh, the military industrial complex and, and the carbon footprint of that organization. Can they? I mean... <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's, you don't exactly <laughs> it's, want to piss off the, uh, the American government, the American uh, well, military.
0: Yeah, the government is different than the military, though. But yes, I mean, if you go to someone who can literally point a gun at you and kill you and make you disappear, would you really go against them?
1: I think that they're so big that they don't really care about journalists descending. Yeah, well, kind of.
0: Well, a lot of death in this episode. Uh, I was going to say something. Yes, Abby Martin is the journalist that we mentioned in Brad Mills' episode, too, which definitely highly recommend checking out. We love Brad. He's so full of experiences. And, and oh gosh, everyone we talked to, they have such a unique story, obviously. And it was a very insightful interview that we did with him so definitely check it out if you haven't already
1: how did we get on this tangent
0: we were talking about news we were and, talking our goals, about and our goals our goals for uh,
1: for el salvador yes and so we were... want to be
0: boots on the ground we want to yeah. see what's happening interview a couple of people there we're going to be attending this adopting bitcoin lightning summit that that will take place in san salvador and then end in el zante starting the 18th of november to the 21st i believe oh no wait 16th to 18th are the dates so if anyone is going to be attending then
1: <laughs> send us a message
0: send us a message we should definitely get together and yeah th- those are the pieces of announcement that one we're going to El salvador two if you have any smartphones that you're not using mail them to us we'll put our mailing address in the show description please only send us phones or a card with a letter in it we love letters too
1: or, or bitcoin send <laughs> us bitcoin <laughs>
0: in in a physical letter
1: yeah you just write down the first 12 words that come to your mind
0: don't do that King don't is do that. kidding King yeah. is just making a joke
1: what's next murga uh, i think we had a uh a comment we're on this platform called reason fm and uh, one of the sam. administrators his name is sam and he comments on a lot of our stuff and thank listens you, to Sam. some of our podcasts. Yes, we hello, love Sam. it.
0: By the way, thank you. Keep, keep him coming. Keep yes, keep him coming. Um, so one of the questions that he asked is, I will read it out as a listener question. I'd love an overview of NFTs, getting into it and minting. What's hype and where is the long term value? So I think NFTs are something that we underestimated, and I personally still don't understand where the value comes from. Keegan, you sent me something today, didn't you? It was about um an, a model or an artist <laughs> selling
1: selling something four hundred and four uh well essentially parts of her body.
0: Uh, yeah, let me read the headline. Polish sells parts of her body as NFTs including i don't know if i want to say this out yeah, you, you, this is a
1: this is a, a g-rated episode so uh we can't say the next three words but, <laughs> starting
0: uh, at seventy three thousand euros or pounds is that pounds looks like pounds
1: pounds right?
0: okay so yeah it's a polish singer we will also put this uh news article in the show description if you are curious <laughs> about what those body parts are
1: but in all seriousness, Sam, uh, I think, yeah, NFTs likely have a future, right? Uh, they, I think it's easy to conceptualize them along the lines, or analogize them along the lines of uh, the dot-com boom. So we had everyone and their dog have, uh, have a website in the year 2000, and, and then the dot-com bubble popped, and only the strongest of the companies... Uh, that received a lot of attention during the dot-com bubble survived and went on to to build really great and fantastic tech tech companies right like like amazon for for example and i think nfts probably will follow a similar trajectory meaning like 99 percent of the things out there that you see today will, will die and then the underlying technology itself and maybe some of the companies um putting forth these nfts will will survive and Um, Like one company that I was doing a little bit of research into today is Larva Labs, and they're responsible for CryptoPunks and uh, I think it's CypherGlyphs and uh, uh, MeBits. Yeah. And those are collectibles. And I want to just take a second to to talk about NFT collectibles and what they are and what they could possibly mean for the future. And so let's just take MeBits, for example, there's 20,000 randomly generated avatars that uh and like from my perspective the interesting part of that is actually the program that randomly generates these 20,000 NFTs it's not necessarily the NFT that's the interesting part is because anyone with anyone that builds the program that generates let's say 10,000 or 5,000 or 100,000 unique things um suddenly has the ability or capacity to to make a lot of money like these meebits 20,000 of them, um, sold for something like 75 million the day that they launched. And all they had to do was, was build this program that generated them. Now, what are the use of the NFTs? I learned this new word today. It's called a voxel. And it's the 3D uh, equivalent of a pixel. Okay, And so these NFTs are, are like voxels <laughs> in the sense that you can inject them into metaverses. You can inject them into Decentraland, or the Sandbox, or any one of these uh, decentralized virtual reality places. And so I can take my my MeBit uh, that maybe looks like me. Maybe I bought one that has glasses, and uh, that's a white guy in curly hair. And maybe I inject it into my metaverse, and that's my avatar now. And I can be sure that I have the only MeBit that looks like that, uh, because it's an NFT, and it's unique. Um, Where is this going, though? Like, why why would this be of value to anyone in the future? Uh, I think that the youth uh, are focusing more on digital goods than they're focusing on physical goods. And so just like how you would buy uh, a five-year-old or a 10-year-old that new toy at the store, right? Uh, Like a new Tonka truck or dump truck or whatever. And then you throw it away two years later. But we still like, we don't question the value of that Tonka truck, right? The kid uh, moves it along and, and pours dirt in it and plays with it. And then they throw it away when they grow that toy. But there's no reason why that toy couldn't live in virtual space and not take up the amount of plastic that uh, that was used to make that truck murder. You want to say something?
0: Yeah, well, the plastic and materials will be reused to make the device itself, but I wanted to bring up the stories, the two stories that um, our friend Matt told us recently. So um, mm. Matt was at his cottage visiting with family, and I think this was a 13-year-old boy that um, I think they were all hanging out and then they went, it, he went into the cottage just really quickly. So Matt followed him because he was curious as to why his, his nephew just went right in and, uh, his nephew was fiddling on the computer. So Matt asked him, Hey, what are you doing? And, Matt and his nephew was like, Oh, I just want to make sure that there's enough, um, pr- like computation space available on my computer back home in Vancouver because I'm mining Bitcoin and he needed to shut down some processes so that his mining operation wouldn't stop and matt was stunned because this you know this guy is in his 30s um late 20, late 20s 30s talking to a 13 year old who wants to make sure that his computer back in vancouver can continue mining bitcoin and shut down some of the operations that his computer is currently engaging in remotely from Nova Scotia. So that was one thing that blew Matt's mind, rightly so. It was an incredible story for us to hear too, um, because of the aptitude that kids these days are have for digital goods and services. And then the second story was of this nine-year-old, I'm not sure if it was his niece or somebody else, but it was a nine-year-old and she was playing a game. So Matt asked her, oh, what are you playing? And then she was telling him all about this virtual world where she has her own car, her own house and virtual money to um, shop around with for her virtual avatar. And that was the second thing. I think both of these events occurred in the same week that blew Matt's mind and he was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know what the future of NFTs was going to be. But now seeing these kids already embrace it and integrate it into their daily lives for entertainment is showing me the value of NFTs going into the future.
1: The value being what exactly though?
0: The the value being of uh, like belief in something. Okay. Like belief in the virtual service or the virtual game or virtual money. Like the, the Tonka truck, for example, my mom the other day, she sent me pictures of um like the the like the nice clothes that I my sister wore when she was probably four years old. You know, when you're young, you really grow out of clothes very quickly. But then I wore them for special occasions and they were really cute clothes. So my mom saved them. And she sent me a picture recently saying that I'm saving these for your kids. Now, this is probably like how old is this message? She's over 30. So these clothes are over 30 years old, but my mom is still saving them um, because she finds them valuable. I find them valuable because I think they're cute and they look really comfortable. So with respect to like what the future of NFT NFTs are, these kids who are nine and thirteen year old thirteen years old right now, they find playing this game valuable and collecting this virtual money valuable. So going forward, they're probably not gonna save the clothes that their kids wear, but probably will save these virtual badges that they've earned. By playing and earning them, and like give them to their kids because that is what is that is what contains value now.
1: Right on, yeah. I think if there's anything that I've learned from the whole NFT craze is that I don't get to decide what what is valuable and what's not valuable. I get to decide that for myself, but I don't get to tell you what you find valuable. Like, if you like Axie Infinity and you're uh, you're playing that game because you you enjoy it and you find it a valuable use of your time, like who am I to tell you that that's a waste of time? Um, like another, so there's a, I was reading this story about some Axie Infinity is actually really popular in the Philippines for whatever reason, and there's this family. I think there's four of them, um, uh, like mother, father, and two kids, and then the the dad and the two kids would actually take shifts, and they would play this game for twenty hours a day, um, in February in January and January, February, and so like they leveled up their axes and they they like, collected a ton of them, or like were doing really well with it, and then Axie Infinity exploded, um, in in like April, May, June, something like that. Uh, maybe it was more recently in, in August, but yeah, needless to say that they, they've done really well since then. But like my my perspective on these play to earn games and like Axie Infinity, for example, is like, God, I, I wouldn't waste my time with that. Like, that's not a valuable use of my time. But just look at these people who are playing to earn and making a living with it and not even just making a living, but like doing really well. And I hope that, you know, people play to earn and then... Maybe learn some financial literacy along the way. I know some of these play-to-earn games have that built in, where you're learning financial literacy when you play. I mean, that would be that'd be serving my interests. <laughs> but uh, again, like, who am I to say what uh, what these games should actually be be doing and teaching?
0: Yeah. So to answer your question, Sam, what's what's hype and where is the long-term value? Uh, if you're thinking really long-term, then then I think the value is going to be generated and solidified as the generation that's between the ages of nine and 13, if we're just really talking from reference, grows up and decides that that's what what their investments are going to be in instead of investing in an invisible sculpture or <laughs> <laughs> or investing in a really old painting. I'm sure that investing in old paintings by very reputable artists is not value and that is not going to go away. Or
1: not investing. I'm just thinking of, of everyone that, like in my age group, that have next to no financial literacy and, and they, they come to me and they say, like, I was never taught about financial literacy and investing and the importance of it. Right, like, right on
0: so NFTs are earning playing and then earning from games themselves as a way to teach yourself how to earn money because that's what you understand it's a necessity at that point
1: also the gamification of something is um, like just think about what video games did to computers in general uh, yeah okay follow me on this tangent <laughs> uh, video games uh, I'm, I'm not sure when the very first video game came out but it was Pong Right. But ever since then, there is an insatiable need by a, a whole sect of developers to push the limits of the hardware of, of computational devices. Right. Uh, like we right. They, they constantly needed the next generation of computer chips and the next generation and the next generation. And eventually we got graphics processing units, GPUs. And what are GPUs for? Uh, what are GPUs use? used for today they're used for mining cryptocurrencies right so like the gaming world is now intersecting with the cryptocurrency world and the, I, like i learned so much from video games growing up like puzzles i learned how to solve really intricate puzzles like i learned more about other cultures i learned about uh, uh like shooting people wow Call of that's Duty. really
0: important no isn't I'm, it? I'm
1: just i'm just joshing but um yeah, my my point is that uh, when the gamification of anything happens, I like I learn better when I'm learning within a game, and if if like there's no better way. Like I think in the very first or second episode of GoFull CryptoMurga, Crypto, Merga, what 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 is our number one recommendation for people to start learning about cryptocurrency?
0: Just go and buy some.
1: Go and buy some. Get a off very zero. very
0: small amount, by the way.
1: Right. One and,
0: that you can afford to lose.
1: Well. Yeah, and I think we covered somewhere along the lines that uh, there's a number of ways to get into cryptocurrency. And one of the ways is to earn some. Well, these play to earn games, I-, I think that you do need a little bit of money to like start using them. I don't think that they're, they're free to start. Um, but once you get a little bit momentum started up there, and if you're having a good time, you can kind of see how compound interest works. You can kind of see how trading between two to people on the internet works you gain an understanding into, into into finances in general it's now it's no longer something that that wall street has the exclusive access to it's it's now it's now something that has uh has proliferated into into the wide reaches of the world and in the corners yeah
0: right on what has proliferated
1: uh <laughs> financial literacy gaming i'm not sure uh well i'm gonna have to like go back and I, listen to what i said
0: but i i still don't understand how those skills that you were talking about are transferable
1: how they're transferable yeah oh geez well like, everything's a game like just think about the real estate bubbles that are happening right now like there's kind of no difference between that and the bubbles that are happening with Axie infinity and owning these tokens it's just Everything that's happening with these NFTs are available and able to be take, taking place on an accelerated timescale because they're in the digital space. But if you uh, if you could compress the real estate bubble that's happening in Canada right now into a, like a month or a two month timeline, it would look exactly like <laughs> these NFT bubbles. And that's what real estate is. And real estate's an NFT, right? You've got no, no two houses are the same. You can build the same hosts in two different locations, but they're still in two different locations, and that's uh, that's what makes each one of them unique. Um, I mean, like the let's talk about long term use cases of NFTs: the digitization of real estate deeds and the the trading of them on a on a blockchain interface would be would be one really big in, in implementation of NFTs, I, I think.
0: I know, but I'm really wondering on what sort of timescale that's going to be implemented. Because even if technology is moving at a faster pace than ever, I've, I just don't see us migrating um, at the same time to use this technology. Because like, we've had an experience with so many <laughs> companies that are still using um, forms of technology that were available a decade ago and worked great a decade ago to solve the problem that was at hand then. But more, better technology, faster technology, more efficient technologies have since been innovated upon. But the migration to these has not taken place by the companies that um, migrated to something 10 years ago. And that's just a very simple and small scale example. We know that our banking infrastructure is still operating on computer programming languages that were invented 50 years ago. Not invented, but I guess created 50 years ago and now it's a huge problem because the people that learned and knew how to program in those languages are getting old and retiring and how are you going to teach this new generation that is growing up with technologies that are less than 10 years old to learn something that is so old
1: so I, I still think it's a generational change because the, these kids it's, that are growing up with NFTs are going to like have an even greater Persistence or like yearning to manifest the same technologies or the same kind of technologies that they grew up with, like with learning, um, and and see those manifested and brought into the, the far reaches of our society, including real estate, right? Like, and that's going to take thirty years.
0: It's a transition for sure, and I'm I'm very excited to <laughs> to live through it because. Uh, Oh man, our parents and our grandparents have lived through such a feat of technological innovation and it seems like it's getting faster by every decade. And I don't know if it's just because I've only lived 20, some 25 plus years and I already know the amount of difference that innovation has caused um, in my life, in my lifetime, (laughs) which is not very long. So
1: Yeah, we're making ourselves sound super old. I know. (laughs) You're 26. I'm 28. It's not like we're not still kids in a lot of ways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just a bunch of kids uh, talking about crypto. Yeah. we're so. I feel like we're so new, so early, and yet so old for so many things that are taking place in the cryptocurrency industry. True. And me saying I'm dating myself is um, like I'm sure every like a lot of people listening to us who are who have some years added to their life are going to joke and find it funny that we're seeing this. But oh man, so much to look forward to.
1: So we uh, kinda just did a whole episode on, uh,
0: NFTs. on well, NFTs. Actually we never really answered getting into it and minting. Cause
1: right. that yeah. is
0: also something that Samas does.
1: So if I can I can add a little bit of context there. Like that it's it's kind of weird that you can mint NFTs on like dozens of different blockchains. Uh, right, because I can take the same set of NFTs. Let's just say Mebits, right? Like we were talking about those earlier. Those were exclusively on Ethereum, but there's nothing stopping Larva Labs from deploying those same twenty thousand Mebits onto, let's just say, Crypto.org or uh, the Cardano blockchain or Solana or any one of these, any blockchain that's capable of hoping that uh, hoping hosting NFTs are. Like why wouldn't you, <laughs> and and then what does that mean for? Why them?
0: wouldn't you what?
1: Why wouldn't you mint if you've made seventy five million dollars off of these mebits, on um, by minting them on Ethereum? Why wouldn't you take them to Cardano and mint the same twenty thousand? And what's what some companies are doing, is just making those NFTs interoperable the same way that you can have like wrapped Bitcoin on Ethereum. You'll be able to have that wrapped mebit on Binance Smart Chain or wrapped wrap on Crypto.org or wrap me bit on uh on Cardano right and so you can take your your NFTs that originally spawned or were minted on Ethereum and port them over to Cardano so that you can use them in some blockchain based Cardano based game um and yeah i i i kind of see that happening um but jeez ah, It just gets so complicated at that point and I have no idea how, like to me it's an inevitability, but I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means for for these NFTs to be interoperable uh, with all these blockchains.
0: I guess to answer your question, Sam, if you wanted to get into it and mint some NFTs just get in touch with us directly and we'll probably give you um, a, a shorter answer. Yeah, tr- tr- to your question. <laughs> so get in touch with us at ready at gofulcrypto.com. And not, this is not an invitation simply for Sam. Everybody else, if you want to know how to get into minting NFTs or getting into NFTs in general, just get in touch with us if the resources already available online are not um, succinct enough. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I- like my answer was succinct. <laughs> my answer was anything but succinct there, Murga.
0: <laughs> That's true. Um, Yes, I had one more thing that I wanted to bring up before we wrap up this episode. We had someone get in touch with us. By the way, thank you, everyone. Always such a pleasure to hear from you. To um, to make sure that I don't know if it's okay with him that I um, disclose his identity. So I'll say Mr. Beekeeper from Saskatchewan. Is that right?
1: Saskatchewan, yeah. <laughs> you nailed it.
0: Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan.
1: Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. It's a province in Canada. Mr. For, Beekeeper. For those listening abroad.
0: Yes. Uh, yes. Mr. Sus- oh. Mr. Beekeeper from Saskatchewan. Did I say it right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. What I'm getting at is um, he he owns a farm um, or works on a farm. No, owns a farm. And um, he recently got in touch with us to talk about whether, um, whether or not Shakebit was still a good app or a recommended app to um, get off zero and buy some Bitcoin. And we still use Shakepay, So we said yes. And he signed up on Shakepay. but seems like because he lives on a farm, it, it, they don't really have, or he doesn't really have an address like most of us do if we live in the city. So Shakepay wasn't able to identify his address. And because of this, he couldn't, or he's, he's in the process still of signing up on Shakebay and getting it verified and etc. cetera. If, and then, you know, you need to have that happen before you can buy some Bitcoin. So that's the process that he's in. And I tweeted about it uh, and Shakebay um, answered me and they want to get in touch with them directly. But this is a question to you. Are you a farmer that lives on a farmland where you are unable to use your address to sign up on an exchange or um, you know, you might be you might be in a different situation where you're moving countries or you have a different sort of address for uh, because of your move or whatever other reasons you might have. get in touch with us because we want to know about these uh, unique situations you might be in uh, so that one we can talk about it, help you find a solution and get in touch with the people that we might know at some of these exchanges to help you out and and two, so that, These unique situations can be brought to the attention of the exchanges so that they can solve these for you and the next person and every person that comes after you. So uh, that's all I wanted to bring up. If you live on a farm or your address is complicated because of X, Y, Z reasons, get in touch with us and we'd love to help you figure it out. Um, Yes, and Mr. Beekeeper, thank you so much for reaching out to us. Uh, Yeah, that's that. Cool. Do you have any parting thoughts, Keen?
1: I'm sure I do, but (laughs) we'll always do another episode. That's true. I can just wrap up my parting thoughts in a whole other episode.
0: Wow. Profound. Profound. Wow. Uh, Yes. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We've had um, a really great time interviewing a lot of people, and if you have any requests for us keegan and i are discussing things that you've been wondering about let us know and we will do an episode for you you can get in touch with us at ready at goflipcrypto.com or tweet at us or find us on the internet somewhere <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're, um, we're on there somewhere
0: we're on there <laughs> um or mail us or write a letter to us because I, I do like snail mail
1: and also send us your phone
0: oh yes please if you're not using phones that you would like to donate to bitcoin beach and mike peterson then you can mail them to us and we will take it with us to el salvador when we go there in november in two months
1: we're gonna make sure that they get there safely yes. and if you're listening to this after november 2021 just ignore that, that <laughs> last request
0: do not send us your phone <laughs> we might also move out of our apartment uh in november so definitely send them to us before november 1st if possible all right everyone. Hope you're staying safe and taking care of yourselves and loving our ep- our our podcast. And
1: loving yourself.
0: <laughs> loving yourself. That's important. Put yourself first. All right. Stay tuned.
1: The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Murgokshi Palwi, and the guests on the GoFull Crypto podcast are solely their own and are not intended as financial advice. The content discussed is for informational purposes only.